You are deserving of happiness. You are deserving of healing. You are deserving of joy. Whatever your dream is, whatever your passion is, work towards it. And put God first. God has to be in your life. Wanted to use the skills and the training, hopefully to advocate on behalf of the community. I'm able to say that on Chop It Up. Be prepared to, to keep it real. Hello and welcome to the Chop It Up Podcast, the show that's unfiltered and unapologetic. Each episode will bring you closer to finding your purpose, so be sure to listen all the way through. Now, here's your host, Carmisha Superville. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Chop It Up Podcast. Oh my gosh, I have missed you guys so much. That's why I kind of dressed up today for you. (laughs) Oh my gosh, guys, thank you so much for joining us again on another episode of the Chop It Up podcast. As you guys know, I am your host, Kamisha Superville. Uh, we have missed you. We have certainly missed you guys. As you know, we took a little break um, to plan one of our youth conferences. As you all know, this is an annual event that we planned. So we took a little break in order to plan that. And it was amazing. Thank you for everyone that supported. So we are back and guys, we are at the end of the year. Can you guys imagine? December, 2023. So guys, we are so grateful to really share this platform for the last year with you all. We want to thank everyone who have listened, who have joined our community, our Chop It Up family, and to all the guests as well. We want to thank everyone for their support. Guys, this evening, we have a great conversation. Today, we're going to be speaking about personal branding as it relates to styling. So how do you personally, how do you style yourself? How do you show up for yourself? As we go to these holiday events, holiday parties, right? What does our styling or brand identity say about us, right? And so I have the honor of speaking with an amazing guest. She's also a professional stylist. She's going to provide us and our audience with what and how to dress for any occasion, right? So I'm so happy to introduce our guest tonight, Brenda Gonzalez. She's an author. She's a personal stylist, as I said. She's also a content creator and an amazing entrepreneur. And guys, I just, I'm so excited for this conversation tonight because Brenda, she is really someone that I admire. She is all about woman empowerment. And I think this led her to really create a brand where she can say, you know what, I wanna style women. I want to help women tell their stories through clothing, right? So guys, welcome our guest, Brenda Gonzalez. How are you? How are you doing? Welcome. Good, thank you. That's such a warm welcome. Thank you so much, Carvisha. You did it so well with so much enthusiasm. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy to have you. Thank you as well. You know, I had to come dress right for you because I don't want you to dress I see it. I see it. You're dressed to the gods, ready for the holidays. I love yes. it. Yes. Thank you so much. So Brenda, I, I spoke a little bit about kind of like, you know, what, what you are, but I would like for you to tell the listeners what got you into this, you know, onto this journey. Like who was the Brenda from five, six years ago? How did you become a personal stylist? 
Okay, sure. I'm happy to be uh, sharing that with the listeners. So personal styling is actually my second career. So I've lived a whole life to this point and I take styling very personally for that reason. So before I became a personal stylist, I, you know, which is five years ago at this point, it's going on my fifth year in business. Um, I was, you know, somebody's wife. I'm divorced now. Uh, I had a 15 year career in insurance. You know, I was doing all the things that I was supposed to do for other people. I, you know, was, you know, trying to be the superstar wife, the superstar mom, the superstar employee. I was, you know, growing up in the ladder um, at the job. And I found that I really wasn't happy there. Like it wasn't my calling. Um, I had went to FIT in my twenties. Um, I like to tell my age because people don't believe me, but I'm 36 years old. So I'm older than I look. And I lived a lot of life to this point. I want to be able to share that. So, um, you know, I was doing all the things that I was quote unquote supposed to do, but I was not happy. I was not happy because, you know, the relationship I was in, I wasn't really, didn't really want to be there per se. Um, you know, I ended up getting divorced, you know, I ended up finding myself after that point and I ended up landing right back where I started, which is my passion for fashion. So I talk a lot about, you know, my childhood and my college years and the point that I'm at and my books, um, it's called Style Ball Independence. It is a number one best-selling book. <laughs> it came out on Black Friday. It's a number one best-selling book. Um, and it talks about my journey to this point and how seriously I take fashion because it helped me find me. It helped me reconnect with who I am as a person. It helped me feel like I have clarity and I have some control in the world. Like we can't control a lot of things in the world. We can control how we show up for ourselves. We can control what we put on our bodies, regardless of that body type is, you know, whether you are slim, whether you're, you know, a plus size woman, whether you have a conservative style, whether you have, you know, a more is more is more mentality, everybody deserves, every woman deserves to feel beautiful, whether you're 25, 35, 55, 65, every woman deserves to feel beautiful. Every woman deserves to feel youthful, vibrant, elegant. And that's something that I focus on in, you know, in my styling business, I dress older, more mature women. When I say older, I say, you know, maybe late twenties, up to 60s, you know, even my clients, but they're professional women, uh, you know, they're a boss in their workplace, they're a boss in their businesses, entrepreneurs, uh, corporate executives, they're a boss, they know how to command presences, they know how to command attention, they're, they're about their business, but when it comes to their self, they're always putting their self last. So I can relate to that on a personal level. As a mother, as someone who was married, as someone who was climbing the corporate ladder, they're putting their self last. And this is where I come in to say, you matter too. Your personal brand that you show up as matters. How you choose to feel matters. So what I related to is the celebrity approach to the, to the average woman, essentially, because every woman wants to have some sort of like bang about them, some type of pop, even if it's not like me where I'm wearing sequence on sequence on sequence, you know, even a conservative woman deserves to feel like she can walk into a room and command that presence without opening up her mouth. I want, my idea is to, if you walk into a room, if I styled you and you walk into a room and people, I style men too, by the way, and people turn around and say, who is that person? My job is done. I need you to feel like that person that you were in the prime of your life. Um, I understand we can't all, I'm a mother, I have some fupa, so I got to, you know, cover that up. <laughs> I got to cover up that area. We all have our little problem areas, but there's ways to translate that feeling into clothes and to making sure you're what you're wearing and how you show up for yourself matches who you are in the inside. You're not just wearing clothes because it matches. It's comfortable. I'm just going to grab whatever, you know, and put it on. I want you to feel alive in the things that you wear. And that's what I bring to the styling business. If you don't like it, if you don't love it, if you're like, 
you know, this is okay. We're throwing it, we're throwing it to the side, <laughs> you know, we're finding things that resonate with that. You feel passionate that you look past a mirror and you stop and you're like, oh, wow, who's that? Like, that's my, that's my goal. That's my whole mission. Wow. That's amazing. That's beautiful. How yeah. can one become a personal stylist? Like, what is the steps? I know inspiration is one, mm -hmm. but how did, you know, I know you spoke about your story, but for someone yeah. that's listening, yeah. how can one become a stylist? Because I feel like that's a very niche market. Yeah. You know, it like is. you have, yeah. It's a very niche market. So what you need to be a stylist, um, you need to have, you know, connection. You need to have guidance to the, the craft itself. Fashion is very heavy on art. If you love art, if you love like, you know, piecing things together in a way that is creative, in a way that, you know, maybe is not ordinary. I'm not talking about you pulling a two-piece set together that's already together. I'm talking about you having an imagination. You need to have an imagination of what goes with what you need to be willing to take risks. And also following trends is huge. So I translate that to, you know, the big brands like Oscar de la Renta and, you know, Balmain and Balenciaga and Gucci, they all set the trends, but you, if you can't, everybody can't be Gucci Balenciaga. If you can, that's amazing. Shop that. But then, you know, there's two sides to this. Not every high end look head to toe is fashionable and it doesn't always cost a lot of money to be fashionable. So you have to have an imagination. You have to learn how to translate trends to an individual. You can style yourself. That's amazing. But you're a stylist when you can style other people. You're a stylist when you can see the vision from the other person and say, this is what I think that you could wear and they love it. That's the thing. Like you have a business when people love your work and when people can resonate with how you dress them and feel like you've made a difference in their life. I like that. I love that approach. All right. So- Thank you for that. Let me ask yeah. you, how can, I was kind of, you know, researching, you know, you know, your, your work and so forth. So how can one make their wardrobe a reflection of their unique identity? And I think you kind of alluded to that earlier. How can someone make their wardrobe a reflection of their unique identity? I really like that. Let's explore that a little bit. What does that mean to well, you? And mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so I start off with saying, I don't know if you ever seen the show on Netflix called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, where in the show, there's a Japanese, a Japanese woman, and she specializes in decluttering. And one of the things that really resonated with me in that show is that she thanks her clothes before she sends them off, right? She looks in people's closet and say, okay, the closet tackling is probably one of the biggest things because, you know, a lot of Women especially have like closets packed up with stuff and you're emotionally attached to thing. You don't want to get rid of it. But how you find your identity is you look inside that closet and you find that piece that makes you feel alive. You find that piece that speaks to you. You find that piece that um, gives you special feelings, special memories. And then you find more pieces like that. So regardless of what that is, if it's like a dress that's a certain color, if it's a dress that's a certain cut, it could even be special occasion. You find elements in that particular item that make you feel like you're somebody <laughs> that make you feel like you're alive and you do you essentially multiply that so um if you have a special occasion dress you love red for example you love the color red um and you love velvet. let's see how we can explore that maybe we put a little bit more red and maybe we'd be a little bit more bold with your wardrobe maybe we incorporate some velvet touches maybe you like um earth tones you know, maybe we expand that a little bit to where your closet is an earth tone or you like black and white or you like bright colors. You expand upon the thing that you love the most 
and multiply that. Now, it might be a little crazy. <laughs> That's the disclaimer. It might be a little different than what's in your closet now because I feel like women who come to me, they they wear a lot of things that are safe. And they might have that one piece that they really love, but they're like, Ugh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to multiply that look. So they just pick what pieces that are safe, focus in on that thing that makes you feel alive and pick out what is it that makes you feel alive about that piece and multiply that, um, and make it in, be creative, be imaginative. Don't be afraid to take risks. I love that. That's amazing. All right, cool. How can one dress for their body type? That's a big one. Mm -hmm. Dressing for your body type. I know you spoke about and I think even Queen yeah. B, the amazing Queen B, also referenced having a fupa. Yep. <laughs> you yep. know, so yeah, as you know, we as women, we go through so many transitions with our body, right? Mm -hmm. And so, how can we dress to fit our body type where we are complementing those different stages? Okay, so for mothers, uh, let's start there. So for mothers, women who have children, no matter what, you could be a size four, size 14, size 24. We all have a little bit of fupa. Like it's always just that little bit of loose skin that like, you know, bundles around our tummy. So what I would wear is things that are draped in a way that it hides the fupa. Sometimes I can wear body cons. A lot of times I cannot. Um, but, you know, wear clothing that is it's draped. There's a way to drape fabric so that it kind of, you know, hides the area a little bit without, you know, making you feel any, you know, unsexy or anything. It's, it's, it's a draping of it all. Now with certain body shapes. So there's different body shapes. There's like a, a pear shape, which means you're top, you're heavier on the bottom than the top, that particular body shape. If you feel like you are, well, not, you feel like it's, it's really measurements. If your measurements are giving that you're a little heavier on the bottom than the top, I would play up the shoulders so like these jackets like Balmain has you know they love a, a shoulder pad uh the 80 shoulder pads are really in maybe wear things with like fluff ruffly sleeves like something that kind of helps you um you know even out the the thing so it gives the hourglass figure I really focus on femininity so if you hear me talking about like hourglass and I I love feminine fashion I need women to feel feminine women to feel like beautiful feminine women so hourglass shape Women who are like, say, upside down triangle, right? Where your shoulders are broader, but you're skinnier in the middle. Maybe we don't wear shoulder pads, but we wear things with structure on the bottom. Like we wear like an A-line skirt. We wear something that uh, maybe wear jeans that are a little baggier, like a cargo jean, a high-waist cargo jean that has a little bit of baggy on the bottom to kind of help you, like help the eyeline uh, match up to where it's even hourglass shape is, you know, it's pretty easy, but also you want to make sure that you're draping your fabric in a way that is flattering to your body. Um, you know, things that are overly loose or do, you don't want to wear like the potato sack, you know, thing, show it out. Like, you know, I tell even women, you know, that are, that are older, 50, 60 years old, you can still wear things that show your, your figure. You can create a, um, you can create a waistline, you know, where even if you wear like a, a blazer, maybe we do a, a belt at the waist, you know, we find a way to accentuate the figure that you have, you know, and these also work for women of, you know, of all sizes, you learn ways to accentuate the figure based on the draping of the fabric and, you know, how you, you know, belt the waist and the, the fit of, of, you know, the referables. You know, I love that. Thank you so much for that insight. I actually yep. want to ask you a question, even as you're talking, sure. because you know your stuff. So I really <laughs> want to ask you, I want to pick your brain a little bit. Sure, <laughs> let's do it. All right, so check this out. There's a debate online with uh -huh. headscarves, women with headscarves, right? Okay. Especially some of our sisters, our black women, okay. and of course, like people like me, because I love a good mm -hmm. headscarf, right? Okay. But there's a debate on 
when even Monique, the actress yeah, Monique, Monique spoke about it, right? So <laughs> basically, there's this controversy as it uh-huh. pertains to when you should wear a headscarf. If, if it if it should only be indoor or mm-hmm. if you're running like chores in a neighborhood or like you're walking uh-huh. your dog early in the morning, uh-huh. you should not be leaving your house with a headscarf, headscarf. on. Yeah. What, are you, what is your say? What say you? Okay, so what I say, I think Monique had the problem with the bonnet. I think she the she bonnet, was, yes. The bonnet, she had the. I don't agree with the bonnet leaving the house, um, situation. Personally, I don't agree with that. But with headscarves, there's a way that we tie our headscarves when we go to bed. Like you know, you tie it and then you tie it at the top. I don't right. like that. I think there's a way to wear a headscarf so that it is elegant. Um, you know, like a, I would say, like a pirate, right? Like if you have this beautiful head headscarf and you just leave out a little bit of hair in the front. And then, I mean, if you need a perm, you know, you could try, try to pat it down. <laughs> you know, some people got edges, you know. <laughs> right, you know, the edges. So you just leave the a edges little bit. be playing games sometimes. <laughs> right, the edges don't be wanting to cooperate, but just leave you a know. little bit open at the top, the silk headscarf, and you kind of tie it like a like a pirate, and then you're good. But it's it's the whole thing where the headscarf is tied up tight, and it's clear that you just roll out of bed. Like, I don't agree with that. There's ways to make headscarves fashionable. So you're you're not you you're probably one of those like you would never catch you or me with a leggings at the airport. Like what do you take like no leggings way. at the airport? No what? Well leggings. Oh like oh yeah, I love a legging. Okay. But I, I need to be comfortable when I'm running around the airport. But like the head the head scarf with the top on the bottom and the bonnet, yeah, like I yeah, I can't do it. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. What about flip-flops at the airport? I wouldn't wear flip-flops for me personally because I'm clumsy. That's why. <laughs> and when I'm running with my bags, I might fall. That, but that's my personal preference. As far right. as other people wearing flip-flops, I don't know. Is uh, I don't know. I don't have any feelings. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, okay, so, all right. So give us some do's and don'ts when it comes to mm-hmm. fashion for the holidays or even mm-hmm. as we transition into the new year. Yeah. What are some quick do's and don'ts? Okay. So what you do want to wear is, at, I know we're in New York and we wear a lot of black, but what I would do, if you were in all black, make sure that you have some color in your handbag or in your shoes, right? Ooh. So if you have like a snake skin, because that's really in for the season, a snake skin or a leopard or, you know, what, what other animal you want to show off, just try to add some color. That's a do. What you don't want to do is mix color tones. Let me explain. So if you have a pastel shirt and your pants are winter green, like 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 forest green, that's a no, because you need to make sure you coordinate color tones. If your color scheme is like jewel tones, like you have on a, a jewel tone, you know, it's a must, you have on, you know, a, a nude uh, top, right? Mix the same color scheme together and stay away from colors that clash. And you know that they clash because it's a different season. You know, it's a different season. So try to stay in the same color palette. Um, those are one do, one do. Wow, I like that. Okay. That leads me to ask about how can one unleash their creativity and redefine style goals for the upcoming year? As we talk Mm -hmm. about the new year, how can one unleash their creativity and really kind of like jazzy up their style a little bit? Okay, so that's the easy one. I actually do have a masterclass. It is free coming up on December 21st, where I do talk about, you know, creating your style for the 2024 year. Uh, We do actually walk through this, what I'm about to tell you. So um, how you unleash your creativity. So I would say, this is a little cliche, but celebrity stylists, they have a handle on the trends. They have a handle on what's coming up. They have a handle on the fashion shows. And fashion, we're always like, what we see now is something that happened like a year or two ago. So they have a handle to all these 
insights and all these shows and things to see what's coming up next, what I would do is go through magazines and we're going to do this in my masterclass and try to figure out kind of like what we talked about earlier, where you find that thing in your closet that brings you joy, see which of these celebrity styles kind of has elements that you can, that you can identify with that resonates with you and make a collage, make like, um, you could do a Pinterest board, you can cut it out and put it on your vision board, make a collage of styles that really speak to you and then put it somewhere where you can see it. Like for me, I will put it on the back of my closet or put it somewhere where you can see it. So that way, when you go into the new year, the next time you go to the store, every time you leave your house, you have this image in your mind of what you want to do to redefine yourself. Now, again, it might be a little scary because you're doing things that you haven't done before, but you have to take risk in order to get the reward, right? No risk, no reward. So you're going to do a thing where you're going to push yourself a little bit you know, create your style board, your Pinterest board, reference it every time you go shop and try to find at least one thing every month that fits that vision. Buy it and wear it. Don't be scared. <laughs> wear it and wear it with confidence. And you'll see as time goes on, you'll start to change. Your mind will start to change. You won't be as scared um, as taking risks as you have been before. I love that. You know, Brenda, as you thank you for that information and You're welcome. those suggestions are so on point. You know, mm -hmm. as I even think about, you know, ha having you on and hearing how you're going through the styling journey, what would you say? Because there's still some folks or some listeners that might say, well, I don't really need a stylist. I got this. I can I can do this on my own. Or maybe I cannot afford a stylist. Mm -hmm. What would you say for those folks that might be, you know, deciding on should I or should I not invest in a personal stylist. Okay. Well, styling is something that you have to make a decision. You have to make a commitment to, because I can say when I do style my clients and they listen and they take the advice, they're way better off. I don't want you to be hesitant to where you're like, Oh, I don't know. And then I give you the advice and you're like, I don't, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> you go backwards. So it's definitely something you have to make a commitment to change because it is a life change. It is if you're ready to change your life, essentially, you need to be committed to changing your outlook on life. It's like a mindset shift that you need to do. It's a mindset shift that you're like, you know what? I want to change the way I see myself. I feel like I can do better because the clients, I, it's not that anything is wrong. The clients that I work with and the women that find me, it's not that anything is wrong or they're like, you know, dressed bad or like, you know, but they want to do better. They've made a commitment to their self to do better for the new year. They made a commitment to, self, to their self to do better going forward and they feel like the way they present themselves and the way that people perceive them could be better it could be different like i'll give you an example right i'm a stylist so i know how to put myself together but i'll give you an example i started a new job and um a while ago when i was like you know i freshly graduated and i you know i was in an area where it was women that were a lot older than me and i felt really intimidated by that environment because i'm used to dressing like how I want to dress, like, you know, I don't want to say club attire, but, you know, I wasn't really familiar with the professional aspect of the, of the workplace. So what I started to do is I started to wear blazers every day and it wasn't that type of environment. It was very business casual, but when I started to wear the blazers every day, people started to look at me different. People started to respect me different. People started to lean in when I talked, my face is still the same face. I'm still the same age as I was before. Um, but the confidence that I grew, I grew so much confidence by putting on this attire and taking on this persona that I wanted to embody that it became me. It became me. So that's what I say. It's a commitment. If you're committed to a life change, if you're committed to moving forward and doing better than you have, this is an investment that you do want to make. I love that. I really love that. 
Wow. All right. So Brenda, as we close off, because some of the nuggets you are sharing is just amazing. <laughs> and I know it's going to impact a lot of folks. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, branding. You know, we are in the mm -hmm. space of working women, right? Entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we show up, like when we walk into a room before we can even speak, our brand, mm -hmm. our presence, our aura speaks for us. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. How can branding yourself through styling, how can branding yourself through styling explore the powerful intersection of personal branding and style? I know your workshop is going to talk about that, but elaborate a little bit on that. Absolutely. How imperative it is for that personal brand. Okay, so I'll tell you for me. My personal brand is more of a professional brand than it has been when I started. And I'll tell you, I've always been well-dressed. I've always had a eye of putting stuff together, but my brand has shifted in the way that people, the clients that I've been able to attract has been different based on my professional appearance. And I can tell you, for example, for listeners, I have what I've learned to develop is like a cutesy kind of pretty you know, pink kind, and that's a that's a that's one narrow view of who I am. You know, that's a view of who I am that resonates with my client base, that resonates with my audience, and I've learned to focus in on that. I could wear sneakers, I could wear, you know, I can wear a lot of different things, but what I've learned is that by presenting this brand consistently and being the pretty pink, you know, uh, girly, ultra feminine, chic, you know, my dresses, if if they're short, they're not like under my butt. You know, if my neckline is low, it's not to my navel. You know, it's too like a, a low V and like, you know, it's a respectable look that I feel like women can see and identify. They're like, that makes sense for her. So for, you know, for you or for your customer base or for your businesses out there, you want to make sure that you present yourself in a way that that resonates with your audience. Even if you're a chef, even if you are, you know, an entrepreneur that gives coaching, counseling, you don't necessarily have to be in a suit all the time but it has to be an image that is consistent with who you're trying to reach. You want to look like that audience. Even if, you know, like I said, if it's Gucci Prada, it has to look like it could be Gucci. It has to look like it could be Prada. Like, you know what I'm saying? It has to be an image that resonates with that audience. And you want your clothes to resonate that consistently, regardless of, you know, size, shape, age. You want to be consistent about how people perceive you. Even if it's, you know, one aspect of who you are, keep that aspect of who you are all the time. I love that. I love that. And I would even like to venture off to say, because there's this thing or this conversation as well about fashion. Like sometimes we believe that, especially within communities of color, we believe like wearing the brand branded um, items, the labels, Gucci mm -hmm. down, Balenciaga, whatever the case may be. We sometimes, um, how can I say, because I want to be careful when I say Sometimes we interpret that as wealth or style, yeah. like you said initially, mm -hmm. when that's not necessarily the case. No. So elaborate a little bit about that. Talk about how styling doesn't have to be or doesn't equate to wearing labels, yes. like being a label, you know. Right. So I agree with yeah. that 100%. And I've seen um, looks that have been labeled head to toe. And I'm like, that's not it. That's not the move. Like it's, it's tacky. Like I've seen stuff like that, where you feel like you're going to put on as many labels as you can. And then you end up looking too gaudy. You look too, you look like you're too much. And then I've seen looks conversely where it was not as much and it looked like a million bucks. So I can't say that the labels 
necessarily make who you are. There's ways to put things together to where you can look elegant and sophisticated. But I can say, though, with fashion, it is good to have a label. You know, it is good to have a shoe. It is good to have a bag because I, I hate to say it, I don't make the rules, but in fashion, it's like you you know what you're doing when you add that touch. It's supposed to be just a touch. You know, if you want to wear a Dolce & Gabbana dress, Dolce & Gabbana, but does it have to have G and G all over it? The the boots have to have the G's all up to the, to me, that's not my personal style. Um, And then, you know, also it, to me, it's just a touch. You know, it's, there's a way to do things that are elegant, that are sophisticated um, without being overpowering and without being like, what's happening with this outfit. So, oh my God. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I could talk to you all day. Let's do it. <laughs> Listen, no, this is amazing. All right. So closing off really quick, let's talk about mm -hmm. some holiday trends, some holiday mm -hmm. tips, anything you're seeing that you'd like yeah. to, you know, share with our community. Okay, sure. So my top three holiday trends. So for one is sequins. I love a sequin. This is actually a sweatshirt, um, but I love sequins. I will put sequins every chance I can get. Um, the next holiday trend is velvet. Velvet, like you're wearing, like, you know, the velvet, the velour, that's very good for the holidays. <laughs> very good for the holidays. Also, the third trend is silk. Um, you're going to see a lot of silk dresses, silk skirts, um, you know, and don't be afraid because of the weather. If you have like a long sleeve silk dress, uh, you know, a, um, a maxi, you can wear leggings and a full set of clothes underneath it. Nobody's going to know, you know, you can wear, if you wear like the, um, even like a midi, you know, a midi where it's like mid, um, mid calf and you wear a thigh high boot, you can still be warm wearing the silk in the winter time. So those are my three trends, sequins, velvet, and, um, silk. Love that. My goodness. My mm -hmm. friend, Brenda. Gonzalez, <laughs> thank you so much for all of your expertise. Thank you for being here with us and just providing us with so much insight. Talk a little bit again about your masterclass. And of mm -hmm. course, we're going to share with our community as well. As well. When is it and what does it entail? Okay, so my master class, it is a one hour class. It's virtual, 100% virtual. Um, it's on Zoom. And essentially, there's three things that we cover in the master class. I want to read you exactly what it says. Um, but first thing we cover is how to create your style board um, for 2024. So it covers a little bit what I talk about, like the Pinterest board. Um, we learn how to set it up so that you can find inspiration, uh, branding yourself with style, um, how you can learn to focus in on that thing that makes you you and expand upon that and make it have that celebrity quality. And then it covers dressing for your body type. So how you can incorporate all these things, make it for you, personalize it to your body type. Um, and really stand out and make the impact. Awesome, awesome. And for our listeners who may not necessarily see us, but may mm -hmm. be listening, how can folks find you online on social? Sure. Can they find you? Yeah, so um, my website is stylebyb.net. My Instagram is connected to that. I'm, I'm stylebyb um, on Instagram, which is I-M-S-T-Y-L-E-D-B-Y-B. -E um, I'm also the same thing on TikTok. And on LinkedIn, it is, uh, I think it's Brenda G, pers personal stylist, Brenda G. It's on my, it's on my, uh, my website, stylebyb.net. Um, and my masterclass is uh, December 21st. At six. You can sign up awesome. on my website as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, my love, for doing this. Brenda no Gonzalez, Thank you. author, you're welcome, author, personal stylist, content creator, and entrepreneur. It's a pleasure having you here. Happy holidays. You.
thank you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to your listeners as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys, you hear it first. So we will see you on the next episode of the Chop It Up podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and definitely share this episode with your friends and family. Bye, you guys.